Hey there! It looks like you found yourself between two tablets, where we connect people and technology in an ever-changing world. Stick around, you just might like what you hear. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Between Two Tablets. I'm your host Monica and today I have with me Ben. What's up? Hello, good to see you. I'm fantastic. Good. How are you? It's a good old Wednesday today. It is a great Wednesday. Halfway through the week. That's right. We made it. Kicking it. Home stretch now. That's right. So that's the most important part. (laughs) Once you get to Wednesday and you've survived Monday and Tuesday, you're like, all right. I can smell it. Yeah. We're so close. Right. Well, uh, the home stretch is actually going to be very, um, what do you call it, relevant. relative, yeah, yeah relevant yeah. today, uh, yeah. because we are going to be talking about the All-Star game today and baseball in general, um, and just kind of key takeaways that we can take yeah. from the All-Star game and kind of how we apply it here at Tech Cycle, as well as um, the importance of taking breaks in between and stuff, and just mm-hmm. kind of, um, I guess, recharging, if if I guess there's lack of better terms there, yeah. but anyway... Uh, we'll get right into it. So, Ben, yeah. tell us a little bit about the All-Star Game. What so, you know stuff. first of all, obviously, probably the biggest Royals fan in this entire building. Yes. Uh, biggest baseball fan, hands down, and I would be surprised if anybody's a bigger Royals fan than I am. So, <laughs> it was awesome to see the American League win the All-Star Game last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royals have had a rough go of it as of late, uh, underperforming for sure, but Salvador Perez and Whit Merrifield had a chance to go to the All-Star Game, which was cool to see them yeah, play. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, Salvi was one of the contestants in the home run derby and he hit like 28 home runs in the first round but like naturally he went up against Pete Alonso who hit a record high in the first round and he ended up winning so Salvi didn't move on but it was cool that he like lost to the guy that ended up winning and then Salvi started last night's game at catcher which was pretty cool so I love the all-star game it's a really cool week um, to get to see the different activities they do a celebrity softball game which is fun to watch and just a good chance for like the players and the fans to get to see a different side of baseball that's not so serious and give yeah, them a chance to cool. take a break midway through the season to like re-energize and get right. reset for the second half when things really start to matter when you're playing. So yeah, so um, these are people because I basically know nothing about <laughs> you are baseball. one of many. Baseball is <laughs> probably the least followed like common sport so like i consider basketball nfl yeah soccer is in the states not as big as it is like in europe but Mm -hmm. it's at least gaining some momentum golf probably is like the lowest on the bottom for like major sports but for team sports i feel like baseball is the one that people have the hardest time getting into because it's such a long season um and games alone are like three plus hours of watching very slow paced stuff so unless you have an appreciation for the game i think you're probably the 99 percent that feels that way so i just remember playing in like eighth grade for field day or whatever it was and i was so afraid of the ball but i was like having a good time i was just like i can't come around to this it's not my thing standing in the box with a hundred mile an hour fastball coming at you too i'm okay so, uh, yeah. so what do you, you were asking about, like, just kind of the concept of the All-Star Game yeah. week or whatever. And, and it's, then, like, random people, yeah. well, not random, but, like, chosen people from the teams, yep. you know, working together. And they've never worked together before. That's so, right. like, obviously that's kind of relevant with us yeah. here at Tech Cycle. So what, what were some key takeaways Yeah, there? so just for our listeners that aren't, you know, avid baseball fans, the All-Star Game is, is voted by the fans, voted on by the fans as far as who gets to make it. So... 
you as a fan get to cast your vote throughout the year on like who you want to represent your team and mm. then those members basically come to like a I believe every team has a representation at the All-Star game okay. but not all of them are starters obviously there are a lot okay. more players than there are the nine that get to start a game yeah um so the American League will have some of the best players, the most popular players voted by the fans that represent their team, and the National League has theirs. And so, like, last night, I think the Padres had, like, four of their players because they're in first place they're, or second place, I guess, to the Giants. But they are uh, in a position right now where they have some all-stars on their team. So, like, naturally, the bigger-name players get more opportunity at that these games. Sense. Like, I think uh, – the Detroit Tigers had, like, one guy represent them. And oh, okay. And they're just a smaller market team. They're not a competitive team this year. Royals, kind of same thing. Like, we had two. And gotcha. Witt was a reserve that came – he got called up because one of the other guys couldn't make it. So the idea is that, like, all these players from these different teams get voted on and the best of the best and the most popular get to go to the All-Star game and represent their teams. Okay. And then what they do is – there's the home run derby that typically kicks things off, and that is just for fun. It's just they get a trophy and stuff, but like I think they win a car or something. But it's really oh, just a show to okay. like watch people launch home runs into the stands. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, and then the next day they do a softball like celebrity softball tournament where you get to see some like very uh, unathletic people playing softball, which <laughs> is really funny. Like I think uh, I think I'm trying to remember who I saw. Um, there are a couple, like, social media stars. There are some rappers. There are some, like, athletes of other sports and some okay. retired MLB players. And it's just a this mashup of just random people playing softball. And it's really hmm. fun to watch. It's not competitive at all. So, like, if you enjoy competitive sports, don't watch it. Probably not. But, like, you. if you've had a couple drinks and you just want to laugh, like, it's at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Turn it yeah. on and watch it. Usually, like, Rob Riggles of the World or Paul okay. Reds or whatever okay. will play in those. But... Um, and then last night, Tuesday, the final night of the All-Star Game is the actual All-Star Game itself. And mm-hmm. it used to have quite a bit of meaning to where, like, whoever won that game, the American League or the National League, got home field advantage in the World Series, which oh, is a wow. seven-game okay. series. And so four of those games would be in front of your home crowd, which is an advantage. Yeah. They cut that off a couple years ago because I think they realized that the All-Star Game is intended to be just for fun like it is for all the other yeah. sports. Um and so now it's just based on who has the best record, as it should be. But um, gotcha. the idea is that all these players from these different teams who have, some have played together before because people change teams all the time, but most of these guys have never played alongside these other guys. So you right. have one pitcher that starts for one team, and he's thrown to Salvi. You know, yeah. you have Shohei Otani, who plays for the Angels, who's never thrown to Salvador Perez, and so they have to work together to know what pitches to call, okay. what pitches can he throw, how does his ball move compared to the pitchers on my team? Okay. So these players have never worked together before. So it takes a significant amount of communication and trust. Well, yeah. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask yeah. about is the trust. Like, so these are your biggest competitors. <laughs> right. So would you would you make up new stuff? or no, no, like no. So they, like, How does that work? That's the nice thing about baseball is like, it's not like football where you go into it with a game plan right. of like how to win that game because okay. you can expose maybe the the Chiefs are getting ready to play the Broncos and the Broncos have a very weak defensive line and so you plan to go into that game running the okay. whole time. Baseball is a per position sport. So like okay. from night to night it's a different starting pitcher with a different set of skills 
against batters, gotcha. and and they construct lineups that may hit better against that guy. But there's not a secret sauce like there is for okay. these other sports to where like you want to keep your secrets. I was gonna to say that might be a little difficult. Right, you don't want to like <laughs> okay. let your baseball is a yeah. very like outward sport, so like your skills are always Out being there. displayed. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of comparable to what we have to deal with here, which is like every time we bring in somebody new here, like mm-hmm. they don't know our group, they don't know our processes, they don't know anything. Yeah. And and even the people that have been here, we have so many different open projects that we shift and reallocate people. So right, right now we have a cart project where we're wiring carts with chargers for school district. And, yeah. and I've had to reallocate some people that are in different positions within the building to go over and work with that team. Well, they maybe don't work alongside each other. So right. Having a plan of attack, clearly communicating expectations, clearly understanding what resources are necessary to be able to accomplish that task is yeah. very similar to what these guys have to do. Like, Salvador didn't get a bunch of bullpen sessions with Otani to know how he pitches. He had to just talk in the moment, understand, right. and, and adapt. Communication and, and, is key. Right. And literally <laughs> everything in life. Yeah. Um but it is really cool in a professional sports setting to see these guys come together and, and mesh and understand, have a common understanding of what they're trying to accomplish and work together despite the fact that they may be competing for yeah. the pennant or something or their division championships. Um, so it is cool to see that. And then obviously we try to hold that same standard here, which is like, I don't care which team you play for, which department you play on. Mm-hmm. Like at any given time, if we need to reallocate and create some sort of collaborative environment where somebody from the ops team has to work with somebody from the sales team, mm-hmm. has to work with somebody from the marketing team, who has to work with the IT guy or the accounting guy. Like, you have to be willing to uh, take the time to communicate with that person to understand yeah. how they work best mm-hmm. and also understand exactly what tools you're being given to accomplish right. your task and make the best of it. So, yeah, definitely just wanted to use this podcast as an excuse to talk baseball. But, you know, it happens. And I feel like some people out there probably appreciate it. That's right. Yeah. And, and but in all seriousness, like it is a great it's great to see that a professional sports industry that that pays these guys hundreds of millions of dollars to mm-hmm. compete still have to apply the same practices yeah. that we do in a normal day-to-day business of a tech company. Yeah, and it teaches a lot of good lessons in there. Uh, the other good lesson in there, I think you mentioned earlier, was re um, I guess re-energizing, recharging. Like, yeah. recharging, all that stuff, like that little break. Like what's so important about breaks, obviously. Yeah. We all can appreciate them, but... So in baseball, for sure, like, I think it gives them a clean slate on their mindset, and they they can get healthy, they can take the week off, and they can see their families, and they can go back home, and they can do what they need to do before they come back and start the sprint for postseason. Um, Really kind of the same effect here. Like, we're really big on mental health and Mm -hmm. people taking time for themselves. We really believe in that work-life balance, and we feel that... We do a good job of, of representing that and supporting that. Like next week, perfect example. Like you're going yeah. on a on a journey through you know the western part of the country, and and uh, we want people to take that time for themselves, not only for themselves but for their families and their friends and everything else. Mm-hmm. And we do feel that like especially when you're a technician and you come in every day and it seems so monotonous. Like yes. you're just putting your head down and you're turning a screwdriver every day. We actively like want them to take time off, even if it's just mm-hmm. a day here or there, to come back, recharged, re-energized, refocused. Because we as humans are just conditioned to like fall into these routines and become a victim of our circumstances. Yeah. And so, being in a position where like we encourage our team to take that time off to reset really prevents those ruts that right. can happen in a lot of work environments. 
Um, and so I think the same applies in professional sports. They understand the importance for these athletes to physically get healthy again because yep. the wear and tear baseball, especially, they're playing five to seven, five to they six days so out of the much. week um, yeah. and traveling from city to city to city to city. And so, you know, I think that, that them allowing time, not only do they do this for the fans because they want it to be fun and gimmicky and, mm-hmm. like, something for the fans to look forward to, but the obvious value is in giving each team an opportunity to reset, come back refreshed, refocused, and they're, they're hyper-focused on getting back, competing at the highest level, and winning yeah. a championship. And the same thing happens here. We've seen people take a couple days off when they need to recharge. They come back with a renewed energy. Mm -hmm. They're more positive. They're more encouraging. They're more productive. Um, And so, you know, I won't say that we took that application from baseball, but (laughs) just generally speaking, like that's just a good, I I would recommend that to anybody who runs a company or is in a management position to encourage your team to take time off or create a flexible work schedule or work from home or give them that afternoon off when things are a little bit slow like those little mental days are so important yeah they go a long long way and everybody has I think we forget so often because we get consumed and defined by our jobs that like we forget that people have other things going on in their life like right now I gotta write I just moved into a new house and like part of the deal was that they would leave the riding lawnmower behind and like I got on it the other day to start like mowing my yard and it died in the oh, first no. <laughs> so like I have to go home and deal with that I had a kid that got yeah. sick last night like we all have things that are going on in our personal lives that right. we put aside and make secondary like priorities to what yeah. we're doing here but I think investing in our people to give them that time and right. that flexibility to say you know what that can wait like you got I some stuff going so on surprised. like go take care of yeah, it like, and I think that's why our retention, our employee retention has been as high as it is. Mm-hmm. Is like people respect us because we respect them right. and they're right. who they are outside of this They want to keep building. coming back. This yeah. is like the safety zone for them. Yep. So I have some fun facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may or may not know about them, but I'm going to rattle them off first. I'm going to ask you the first one. Oh, okay. And then the other two, I'll just, they'll be gimme's. Yep. So do you know how many Grand Slams have been in All-Star games before? Oh, man, there was a moment last night where Chris Bryant had the bases loaded with two outs, and he had a chance to hit a grand slam, and I believe it was only one person prior, and it was a while ago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. (laughs) I told you, I'm probably the biggest baseball (laughs) fan in this building. Yep, you're right. (laughs) So there's been only one grand slam in all 86 All-Star games. It was hit by Fred Lynn of the California Angels in the third inning of the 1983 game. Yep. Chris Bryant had his chance, but... I very specifically remember Joe Buck giving that, like, little tidbit of information because I had the game oh, on last okay. night and I remember them talking about that so there you go I didn't know that prior well that's cool but, it was so close yeah gosh I can only imagine I was gonna say don't don't ruin my fun well quiz here. no and the cool part right <laughs> make this false note <laughs> right the uh the one cool thing about that at bat was like not only would it have been somewhat history in the making like a very rare feat, oh yeah but like that would have put, if I remember correctly, the National League was down 5-2, to two, and that would have put them up by a run. Oh, And it okay. was in, like, the seventh or eighth inning. And so, like, oh my gosh. two outs, bases are loaded, and I think he struck out or something. Oh, my gosh. It, but 
Because they're neck and neck on, like, what they've each won, right? Like, one is one above the other, if I read that correctly. Yeah, the American League, if if I'm remembering correctly, the American League has won more, but it's not, like, way out of whack. Okay. So. Okay. All right, okay, we're back on it here. Uh, the lifespan of a major league baseball is five to seven pitches. During a typical game, approximately 70 balls are used. That's a yeah. lot. Yeah, so we took the boys, my kids, to a Royals game uh, two weeks ago, and literally in between every single inning, they get rid of the ball. So the fielder runs in because all the kids rush down to the yeah. dugout to like hold their hands out and get a ball. <laughs> and not only that, but on every pitch, if a ball is fouled, even if it's just a slight foul tip, that ball gets thrown out. Oh, okay. if, it, if the ball hits the dirt, that ball gets thrown out. So, huh. yeah, I would have bet it was more than 70. Yeah. That's probably the average, but okay. I would bet it was probably, there are probably several games where it's 100 or more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. And fun fact about me, uh, leather is one of my favorite smells on a baseball. Like, yeah. when you get that real authentic MLB like yeah. baseball in your hand, my kids got one. Uh, they didn't. I'd say they earned it from trying, but this <laughs> other little girl saw how much they were trying to get one and just Aww. kept failing because these bigger kids were pushing them out of the way. She came down and gave him one of the balls. <clears throat> and That's my youngest, sweet. I was like, dude, smell this. And my youngest <laughs> smelled it, and the rest of the game, he's like, like just huffing the leather <laughs> baseball because oh it's just gosh. such a... Uh, well, it, I'm glad he has the appreciation for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but hopefully it doesn't turn thing. into something weird. But <laughs> it's it's just a, it was a really cool experience because that was a big thing for me growing up. Like, I yeah. played baseball. I love the sport. Um, and and so I'm glad they go through that many baseballs because it gives fans a chance at every yeah. game to, to get it. It's very inclusive, I think, in that. It is. Yeah, baseball is one that definitely is more of an environmental, like, driven, family-driven sport yeah. compared to the others. It's less about going and getting drunk and yelling. It's right. more about oh taking gosh. your kids for fireworks and to see it's, the mascots yeah, and you know, play in the little parks. patriotic and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Okay, last one here. Uh, the most valuable baseball card. I'm going to – I'm gonna. this one was recently updated okay. in the past year, I yep. think. Because uh, I fact-checked all these, just so you know. Except <laughs> for the 70 balls. Except for, you know, Perfect. Of course. But, okay, so the ma- I'm going to have you guess the value of it. The most valuable baseball card ever is the 1909 Honus Wagner T206 baseball card worth about what? This was just sold, I'm gonna I say think, March of last year or something. I'm going to say $1.2 Not that nope. high? $3.7 yeah, that's nuts. And it's like a plain card. It's got just a yellow background, and I don't know if you've seen it, no. but it's just like a yellow background and a plain picture. I will say, for loving baseball as much as I do, collecting cards has just never been my thing. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I it's a lot of work, and like, just not for me. Yeah, and I have crazy. kids that would somehow find their way into it and bend them all, and like, I just. Oh I my gosh. Well, and speaking of that, it is bent. It's in like the special casing, yeah. of course. But it's only it's in good old. condition. Yeah. Um, out of I think it's like a, a grade two. So now that now I did no, my own work on this. Okay, it's like a grade two, but I guess the I don't remember what the highest one is, but yeah. the most expensive one uh, is like a grade nine or something. If wow. it puts it in perspective That's of how crazy. how um, probably valuable is just piece with of like, paper is. The thing with baseball <laughs> cards. Well, and the thing about baseball par- cards is like how many did they release? It's like a painting. Yeah. It's like if you have a Picasso, like you may only have one of like 10 that he did, 
this is the same thing. Like, right. not all baseball cards, it doesn't really matter who the player is. It's how yeah. rare. Like, if you have one of ten and okay. there are millions of people out there that want it, you have something worth some money. I read the other day that uh, a, an original Mario Kart for N64, still in the original packing, sold for, like, $2.5 or $3 what? million. Dollars. No. And that's recent. Like, the N64 oh, was, like, from when I was a kid. Yeah. No, I feel really old, too. So, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> No. I'm older than you, so if you feel really old now. <laughs> but you no, know, it's, it's like it's, things like getting yeah, value over time. It goes to show you, like, I think I still have a bucket full at my parents' house of, like, old figurines, like Power Rangers and stuff like that, and, like, Beanie Babies yeah. and all the crap that they told you to collect that was worth some money. And there's definitely, ask Gary Vee, like, there's a lot of money to be made in collecting cards, yeah. but you got to be yeah. a patient person. And you got to be willing to throw a lot of money at it mm, to get the and right And I'm neither ones. of those, so. Yeah. I'm with you on that. 100%. Yeah. It's really tough. You're like, why would this be, you yeah. know, so much? Yeah. But I am surprised that it was that player that uh, brought the highest. Yeah, so it's, it doesn't have rare. to do with the player? Or does it, it's like a double well, whammy. Well, so you have to both. think about this. It's like. The more popular the player, the more cards in circulation of that player. Like, Babe yeah, Ruth probably has sense. 8 million different cards out there because people wanted a Babe Ruth card. Yeah. So, the the huh. it's finding those, like, really good baseball players, not great, that, like, accomplished a lot. And they're probably in the Hall of Fame, but, like, they weren't as highly sought after as the Babe Ruths or... Or the Roger Clemens or the Nolan Ryans or, you know, the Mark McGuire's and Sammy Sosa's of the world. Like, they weren't under the spotlight as much. So those cards are still really valuable because the player is great, but they just didn't make as many of them. Interesting. Because consumers drive demand. Yeah. And so you want to see more Mike Trout cards, here you go. But understand that they're not going to be worth a whole lot because, like, you're one of 10 million people that have that exact same card. Cool. So, yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. Every day. Every single day. Even if it's day. worthless stuff. You right. So. Worthless Wednesday. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Wednesday I like that. That's what we're going to refer to Wednesdays. <laughs> worthless Wednesday. Just the day to just accept defeat. You right. Just, just do all the things that you just know you have to get done that you don't want to get done and call yep. it Worthless Wednesday. Just, just Yeah. Or Worst use Worthless Wednesday. Wednesday as, like, your Sunday. Like, it's just your day of rest. Like, Worthless Wednesday. I'm going to yes. be worthless today. Uh, I can go one of two ways. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Worthless Wednesdays. Well, thanks for joining me today. This was a Anytime. fun topic. Happy to do it. Um, and, yeah, there's always something good to take from everyday topics that yep, we see and just can apply here at work and in life. Yep. Thank you guys for joining, and we Thank will catch you. you next week on another episode of Between Two Tablets. Bye. Thank you.